Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now let's listen in with Pastor Jay Petty. It's been a really a week of wonder and a week of valley for me. The wonder is for me has been this week is that I've been praying for an encounter with God and and He showed up and gave me an encounter in, in my own personal prayer time. Overwhelming to me. But in the valleys, there's other things that come that none of us really like, we never really want, but they still come. And a part about walking in this life is you have to learn how to walk with the good and the bad. That you have to learn how to walk through, even to the shadows of death, with God's hand. This morning, I want to talk about the riches of God's glory. Riches simply means wealth. And wealth simply means something that you have, not something you earn. All the wealthy people in the world have their money. It's, it's theirs. It's in their bank account. And some of those people have billions and billions of dollars. I think one of them has 154 billion, one of the men that lives in America. He has that much wealth. And, and sometimes people who have wealth try to, it try to direct what they feel like the earth should be or what the country should be. So they use their wealth trying to control the things that they want to control. Wealth is a, an important thing, but not in the sense of money but in the sense of glory. Because glory is a wealth. It's a, it's a wealth of power. It's a wealth of riches. It's a wealth of strength. It's a wealth of so many wonderful things when it's manifested in our lives. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I'm back to Ephesians 3.16 that he would grant to you according to the wealth of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now this word here, uh, this, this glory, uh, is that the ideal of it, they, the word in the Greek is doxy, and it, it has the ideal of splendor. But I think if you get the whole ideal of glory, it, you have to go all the way back and understand where where we first began to see the glory of God. The first places that we begin to see the glory of God is when, when uh, uh, God began to deal with Israel, with Moses, when they began to, to take them out of the land of Egypt. And uh, every one of the miracles that we see, the ten wonders that we see, was an act of glory. It was a pow uh, the power of God's glory working to produce those miracles, even in the, uh, the dividing of the water, or the firstborn uh, who, was, who was to die, or, the, uh, or whatever else it may have been, that all of these things was a work of God and a work of the riches or the wealth of his glory. Now, his wealth is endless. And what I mean, there is no end to what he possesses. There's no end to his power. There's no end to his honor. There's no end to him. Because he's full, 
He's full of, of, of unbelievable wealth that he shares with us. Now you might want to know how does he do that? Well, in this place, that wealth gives us strength. Through that wealth, through that wealth of God, God gives us what I, I, I call it dunamis power because that's what it is. And that dunamis power on us and in us strengthens us and makes us strong to accomplish the purpose of God. So when we're walking someplace and things are overwhelming us and we're at that place we're talking about where we're going through trials and we're going through hard places, the glory of God can manifest and give us the strength to walk through in a very strong and powerful way. Now the enemy comes and he wants to thwart the purpose of God. That's his whole ideal, especially in the church, especially in the believer. He wants to thwart God's purpose in you, and he wants to stop you. And so there becomes the battle of the glory manifesting or not. See, when Paul was saying, God, he was saying, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them. See, out of the riches of your glory. He was saying, God, give them the strength and the power to endure the things they're going to have to walk through. Help them to be strong, Lord. Help them to, to know, Lord. And out of that glory comes some other things. Comes wisdom and knowledge. And out of that glory comes, not just that, it come, there comes healing and, and, and there comes direction and there comes all kinds of wonderful things that God begins to strengthen us in. And that's the whole ideal, is that we draw our strength from God. We used to sing a song, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, that's true, because joy comes from God. And so when we're really joyful, and we've been filled with the joy of God, that comes out of the riches of his glory. It's manifested through his power in our hearts. And we can shout and scream and laugh and dance and do all kinds of things when we're joyful, when we feel good, when, we're, when we feel like we're walking on a, a cloud of air. What's funny is that, I've said this before, things never come the way we want them to. And they never come how we want them to. And so what we end up being is faced with, we're faced with things that we have to deal with whether we want to do it or not. The question is, is how do you want to deal with it? You want to deal with it in your strength and with your abilities and with your wisdom? Or do you want to deal with it with what God has to give you to deal with it with? I'm telling you this morning, you cannot control God, so quit trying. You cannot control God. He's an infinite God. He's got his wisdom and He's so far beyond us that they're, they're, he sees us coming 20 miles away. So there's no way we're going to manipulate him. There's no way we're going to try to get him to do what we want. God's going to do in our lives what's best for us. But he's trying to get us to understand in this life, we have a dependency that we can have where we can find the things that we need from God to be able to motivate and walk through. God wants us to be strong and victorious. That's what God wants. But God never intended for us to be strong and victorious in our own strength or, or in our own wisdom. He wanted us to be strong 
in his wisdom. That's why it says, you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And God will bless you with it. Bless you with it. And as, as you begin to walk in that blessing of his wisdom, you begin to see the, the pathway that you need to walk. But that comes out of the same place as all other things come out of. They come from the wealth of God into the believer's life. No person is exempt from being able to receive what God has for them. No one. I don't care how bad it's been. I don't care where you've walked. I don't care how, you, how, how, it's, how your life has ended up. Right now is an opportunity to turn it around and to allow God to get into your life and to give you provision so that you can walk the rest of your life out in, in a very wonderful and powerful place. But it doesn't mean because you have victory that you're not going to face the mountains. Believe me, you will. The enemy will always try to take you out. That's why faithfulness is so important when you're walking with God. God's put something in your heart, walk it out. So what? The enemy comes against you. So what? He throws a smoke screen. So what? You pray, God, give me the strength, give me the wisdom, give me what I need, Lord, to be able to walk this through so that your glory can manifest in what you're doing. In Philippians 4.9 it says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now that's a powerful word. We talked about this a little bit. But he said, I found the secret that whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full or whether I got a lot, whether I got nothing, I found the secret. I found the secret that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he says, out of his riches of glory, God provides for our need. I didn't say needs. I said need. Because that's what the word of God says. According to your need at that moment. According to what you have need of, no matter what it may be. So if you're, uh, if you're, if you're surfing and you've got a big uh, tsunami coming at you, God, has a, God can meet your need in the midst of that storm. Even though you might get, seem like you're going to get wiped out, you can get through it. There's some place in all this walk with God that we have to begin to entrust God with everything. And that means no matter what it is, you've got to say, God, this is yours. I'm entrusting it to you. I don't care whether it's your family. I don't care whether it's someone you love. I don't care if it's circumstances. I don't care if it's some disappointment. You have to learn how to give it to God and entrust him with it, that God knows what he needs to do, and that God, through that entrust, will meet your need out of the riches of his wealth in your life. Again, that could be a pathway to walk. It could be that you're struggling. You're struggling. You don't have enough. You don't seem to have enough. And yet God will provide that need for you. 
It's not something, you know, everybody thinks God should do it immediately, like he's a genie. Rub three times and you get your wish. It doesn't work like that. That's where the, that's where the, the, the thing is, is that, that suffering with Jesus comes into play. You're going to have to walk through it. And as you walk through it and you, and you remain in the need that God has given you, the amazing thing, sooner or later, the very thing that you're facing is going to fall off. I got news for you. It's just a smoke screen anyway. That's all it is. It's the enemy putting up a smoke screen, trying to throw you off the pathway and for you to lose what God has given you in the midst of what you have need of at that moment. And sometimes we miss that. It's so easy to become discouraged. It's so easy to want to give up on all of it. And sometimes we think it's just easier to turn and walk away. But the glory of God cannot manifest in someone who walks away. The glory of God cannot meet the need of your life if you walk away. In other words, everything that we walk through is about conforming us more and more to the image of God through what we're walking through. And because we become more and more dependent upon God to give us what we have needed to walk through it. Sometimes that's faith. Sometimes that's love. Sometimes that's patience. And sometimes it's a long road of endurance. Colossians 2.27 says, to them God willed to make, um, yeah, to them that God made known what are the riches of his glory. Let me read it again. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory in this mystery among the Gentiles, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. See, if you could see inside your spirit, man, it would be a light so bright that you couldn't even look at it. Why? Because God is in there. That's, that's the hope of glory. This living in this eternal expectation of God working in your life. Whether we like it or not, he's going to transform us. And if it can get pretty tough sometimes, because we want to hold on to ours and not let go and, and, and not let go of God. And God says, you got to let go. you got to let go of that. you got to let go. Every experience that we have is predicated on the next one. In other words, let me put it to you this way. If you're going through something and it doesn't go so well for you and you give up and you get mad and you throw it away, and then when it all goes away, you come back to God, guess what you get to go through again? Why? Because God's doing a work in you. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So God is working in you. And so there are things in our hearts, there are things in our lives that God wants to remove. He wants to take them out. He wants to change it. He wants to change you. 
He wants to make you be more like his son. And so God is working to that effect. That's what the hope of glory does. It's to bring about a transformation in you to the very image of his son. So when you're going through it, you know what you should do? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I need some joy right now, but thank you. Lord, this is tough, but Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the rocky road I'm walking on right now. Lord, it seems overwhelming to me, but God, I know you're here. God, I know you're present. God, I know you're here. God, I know you can walk me through this. I know you can. It's making a stand. And not a stand where you give up, but a stand where you find victory. And if you stand and... God's going to see you through it. He's going to see you through it. Exodus 33, 18 puts it this way. Then, then God, w- oh, I'm sorry. And he said, please show me your glory. That was, that was Moses. And he said, uh, well, see, I'm terrible at seeing lines. Uh, he says, um, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to them whom I will be gracious, and I have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he says, you cannot see my face. No man can see my face and live. And the Lord said, and, and the Lord said, here is the place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and it shall be, while my glory passes by, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hands, then I'll pass by, and then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my backside, but you shall not see my face. What a wonderful experience that, that Moses had up on that mountain. There's something about an encounter with God that changes everything about your life. When you encounter God, sometimes we want God just to touch us and make us feel better. But many times when an encounter of God, God goes deep into your heart. And what he begins to do is he begins to pick at the things that he needs to fix in you. And as he begins to show those things to you, the one thing that begins to happen is it begins to break you. It's funny, he breaks you, you cry, you repent, and God brings the healing. Isn't that amazing? It's so amazing that, that when you're in that encounter, how strong and how wavy are the presence of God, and how deep he goes into places that you don't even know where he's going. He just starts bringing it up, and all of a sudden you begin to see something you never saw. I'll tell you, part of the encounter I had with him was that I could see him putting his arms around all of my family and my extended family. And I saw him take his arms and he put them around and he just pulled them in and squeezed them in love. And they're all just together. And see, and you could begin, I began to break and cry, that broke me. As I began to pray, God, draw them near you. God, 
Just draw my family into that presence where you are. Draw them into that encounter where you are. And what he was showing me was that's what he was, that's what, that, what, that was what all that was about. He was pulling them towards him. And he was pulling us together as, a, as oneness, in oneness. In those places, you don't know, you don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what God's going to show you. But as he begins to encounter you, he begins to reflect in you. And when he begins to reflect in you, I'll tell you, the first thing that happens is that you're broken. Moses was broken by God because he saw God's love. He saw God's goodness. He saw God's compassion. He saw God's mercy. And it overwhelmed him as God passed by him and, and God began to proclaim who he was to Moses and Moses began to see it. And it transformed Moses' life. He was one kind of temperament when he started. He was another temperament when he finished. God got a complete transformation of his very soul to a very meek and very humble man at the end. Sometimes when we start out, we start out with this ideal that we're in control. We're going to tell God what to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to go here. We're going to go. We're going to do all this stuff, God. We're going to do it. And we start out with this this. This temperament, like my buddy Peter. God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. But as you encounter God and God encounters you in those places, God begins to change you in those places. And by the end of your life, you're a meek, loving, humble, and gentle person. Nobody can do it the way God does. I don't care how many books you read, and there's nothing wrong with reading books. There's nothing wrong with reading someone else's experiences. But let me tell you something. You need your own. And the places you get those, those experiences, really is in a place where you decide to just be with you and God and allow God to take a hold. Draw nigh to God. In the Old Testament, the word glory means kabah, kabod. It's weighty. You know, you get in the presence of God, and God's presence can become so weighty. You know, I felt it where it felt like my skin was hanging down to here. And when you're in that place, and you're in that presence, and you're in that glory of God, it begins to weigh on you so heavily. But the other thing that it does for you is it breaks you. It breaks you all the way down. It breaks you so deep in your soul that, that, that it's overwhelming to you. And, and, and when you come out on the other side, you just you realize that God did this unbelievable thing while you were in that place with him. That's what Moses felt every time he encountered God. He felt that weighty presence, the weighty glory of God it, that, that came on him. 
Moses was so much changed by being in that place with God over and over and over again. He's like the only person in the Old Testament that God really did an unbelievable work in, in that fashion. In the New Testament, the work is not on so much on the outside as it is on the inside where God is dwelling in our heart. But the work is still the same. And as we allow God to manifest in a face-to-face relationship with him, he begins to speak to us. And we begin to speak to him, and he begins to show us who he is. There's no other way to experience the greatness of God than to experience the very words and the very feelings and emotions and the impressions that God does himself in your life. You can read it all you want. And you can say, that's really cool. But when it happens to you, it forever changes you. Forever changes who you are. And the thing is, is that's really what God always intended for us when he sent his son here to purchase all the sin, was to get all that stuff out of the way so that we could become the children of God so that we can have these unbelievable relationship with the Father in heaven, and that he can pour out into our lives. And those who have sought after that, those who have went after that, God has transformed from one generation to the next. He has worked in their lives in that same way. It's kind of like working out. I've worked out my whole life, off and on. Always trying to perfect the fat as I got older. <coughs> it's a little hard to do, you know what I mean? You have, to quit, you have to quit eating all that stuff that makes you fat if you want to you know, get rid of it. But it's so good. But it's the same thing. You condition yourself for this thing. You work at it. Some people are a lot more serious than others. Some people really get into it. When John was competing, it's like he said last night, he ate chicken, broccoli, brown rice. And he says, that's what you have to eat. Well, he, you know, and, and the thing is, his, he got his body fat down to what, what was it? 4%? That's almost non-existent. For what purpose? If we took just half the time that we spend in other things and just spent with God and allowing God to perfect our lives, we would grow and soar in heights of spirituality that we have never known. Is it easy? No. It's not easy. I come in every day and I open my office door and the bathroom door, turn off the light, turn, turn my worship music on, and I sit in that chair and my dog lays right beside me. And I stay there for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I encounter God every time. There's no shortcuts to what I'm talking about. 
There are lessons we can learn in life, but there's no shortcuts to that place. No shortcuts. If you want to be a mighty person, a mighty person who walks in the things of God, you've got to spend time with God. That's the only way it works. doesn't work any other way. God has a splendor. The scripture says he's an all-consuming fire. In fact, in Exodus uh, 40, 34 says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's a picture. It's a picture of the glory of God. And the glory of God can become so overwhelming that it can take our breath. It can become so overwhelming, it could almost bring us to an end in our life because it's so powerful and so strong and so mighty. Every time there is a move of God, the first thing that move begins to bring is a presence. And you begin to feel that presence. And that presence begins to touch you. And you begin to weep and cry. But if that presence begins to become more manifested and stronger and weightier, it becomes more intense around you and in you. And it, becomes, and it can become so overwhelming that you can handle it. And a lot of people who have been to that place and have experienced that will say to God, I can't take no more. Stop. 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 It's too much, Lord. I can't take any more, Lord. It's too heavy. And yet, it's in those places that God does the greatest work in our lives. I'm trying to remember the guy who was a great evangelist in the 1800s. What was his name? Anybody? Huh? No, no, he was an evangelist, world evangelist. Anyway, he was a kid. He was a kid's pastor is what he was. And he tells a story. This is his story. He's walking down the street in Chicago. And God began to fall on him. And he said it became so overwhelming, he could feel the love of God so powerfully. It just came in waves and waves and waves. And he was, he was going down, and he said, God, stop. I can't take no more. God, stop. After that happened, he became a world-known evangelist, and he went around the whole world. If I could remember his name, you'd know what I'm talking about. Huh? Moody. D.L. Moody. DL, that's, and, and, and that's what he did. See, the thing is that we don't understand that God can take any individual, any person, and turn their lives into a mountain of grace and mercy and power that affects the world. Maybe you think, because you're not a pastor, or you're not this, or you're not in this, that God can't do that. That's the lie of the enemy. You know what? You know what he wants? He wants to make you something that you're not. 
He wants to change you into something you're not. He wants to empower you to be something you're not. And when God is finished with what he's doing, you're going to be a powerhouse for him because it's going to rest on you. Just like it did, just like it did Peter and, and the uh, apostles on the day of Pentecost. The power of God rested on him. And when Peter got up to preach the word of God, the power of God rested on him. And as he preached the word, 3,000 people were pricked in their hearts. 3,000 people came to the Lord at one time. You cannot do the work of the kingdom if you don't come to that place and yield to that place where God can do the work in you he needs to do. So if you're struggling, if you're struggling in your ministry, the thing I'd tell you, find the secret place and stay there. Second Corinthians 2.12 puts it this way. I don't know where I got that at. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Wow. What a, I, I must have been seeing something that wasn't even there. Must have had a vision. No. But we, with all unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. In you is the glory of God. It rests in you. It's in pure righteousness and holiness. It is the Spirit of God himself that dwells in your inner man. He's in you. And that's what he's saying here. We all, with unveiled faces, not like Moses who had to put a thing over his face so no one could see his glory, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord that's in you, are being transformed into the same image, I'm going to put it this way, as the glory that's reflecting in you. So what God is reflecting in you is the glory of God. And that glory to us is Jesus Christ. See, from glory to the same image, from glory to ever-increasing glory, that's what it should say, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Is that right? Yeah. Who's the Spirit of the Lord? The Holy Ghost. Where's the Holy Ghost residing? In you. He lives in you. And so what it's really simply saying is that that glory that's in you that is a reflection of the glory of God, the reflection of his son. And, and the more you stay in that reflective glory, the more you are changed because the glory becomes more and more stronger. It begins to increase. The longer you're there, the more the glory increases. And the more the glory increases, the more you're changed. Remember I was talking about the encounter with God and how God saw him put up. Well, see, it changed. One morning I was at my desk and I was just praying and worshiping God. And all of a sudden I was in the throne room. I was bowed down praying and worshiping God. I could see this. And all of a sudden God said, come here. Come here. So I walked over and he reached down and he picked me up and he put me on his lap and he put his arms around me and he just held me so tightly and as he was holding me tightly, he began to just 
empower me with his love. And I became so overwhelmed with that that it just broke me and broke me and broke me. The whole thing is about the glory of God and the encounter of God in your relationship with God. That's what he's trying to do. That's why he gave us Jesus. That's why his spirit is in us. God doesn't do it out here. God does it in here. You're going to encounter God. When you encounter God, God's going to, God's going to bring some stuff up in your life that you're not going to want to deal with. But if you want to move on where God is going, you're going to have to. It's not, no, you can stay where you're at. doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. But you're going to miss out on what really what God has for you. It's supposed to be deeper. We're supposed to go deeper. What? I'm not even sure where I want to go right now. <laughs> I'm not even sure I want to say that. But I'll put it this way. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says, For the light affliction, which is but a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding weight, eternal weight of glory. There it is. The weightiness of God. But we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are only temporary. The things which are not are eternal. So here's what God is saying. That weighty thing, you know, that, that weighty thing. How many of you ever just get burdened down with life? Just feel the weight of that burden on you. Maybe it's this or maybe it's that. Maybe something happened. I don't know. But, but, but it, it, it just weighs on you. And if you allow that weight to stay on you and not give it, turn it over to God, it'll keep pulling you down. Now everybody knows what I'm talking about. It has a tendency to want to take you to a place of being depressed because of whatever, whatever happened, whatever, you, whatever is going through your mind. Now, affliction is going to come. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. And it doesn't come the way we want it to come. We can gear ourselves up for it here, then it'll hit us from over here. The enemy will use whatever he can to create affliction in your life. Because what he wants to do is to get you off track and get you moving where he wants you to go. And that is away from God. And that is away from the glory of God. So as Brother Chad was saying, that the devil's throwing up all these things in front of him because he doesn't want this thing to happen. Fool you, the devil. He can't stand in God's way. That's the one thing you have to understand. The devil cannot stand in God's way. He can only throw a smoke screen in the midst of it trying to stop you. To keep you from moving forward. To keep you from being transformed. To keep you from the glory of God. That's what he's going to try to do. 
And he's going to use your kids, he's going to use your family, he's going to use your job, he's going to use whatever he can use. Those places that are, I want to say, closest to you. To weigh you down. To afflict you. And this is what God is saying. Don't let that get to you. Because there's something far greater coming. And it is the glory of God manifested in your life. Not only in heaven, but here. It all depends where, how deep you want to go. Because you're in an endless well. Because God is an endless God. And so, if you want to go to the bottom, try to get to the bottom, you can. But I'll tell you something, it's going to change your life. You're not going to be who you are today. You're not. When he's finished with you, you're going to be like Jesus. Your character is going to be like Jesus. Your faith is going to be like Jesus. Your love's going to be like Jesus. Everything about you is going to change and transform, and you're going to become that very thing because in the midst of all of that, it's just a trial. We make it more than what it is. We make a mountain out of a trial when we should say, this too shall pass. God, I'm going to walk through it, but I'm going to walk through it with you. I'm going to come out on the other side victorious, Lord. I'm not going to quit praying, God. I'm not going to quit looking at you, God. I'm not going to quit trusting in you, God. We're going to get through. That's the only way it works. It's the only way it works. You can be left in the wake, or you can stay with the boat and go all the way through. But irregardless, I'm telling you the truth this day, that you will be afflicted. But when you get to heaven, you're going to see it wasn't much of an affliction at all. It was pretty light compared to what God's going to give you. And what God's going to pour out into you. Think about this. The scripture says there will be no need for son. Because the glory of the father and the son are enough. So the face of God shines. We're brilliant. It's so light that their faces light up everything. That's the reason the devil hates him, see. Because when he begins to... Focus his light, especially like through the gospel message. He focuses light through the gospel message. And the Satan will try to blind the mind of the unbelieving, but the light pierces through the darkness. And it becomes so overwhelming. A person comes to know Jesus. But you can't do that on your own. I say all this because I really believe there's more for us than what we're getting. And I believe that the wealth of God's riches are for you and me. They come in the source of power. They come in the source of strength. They come in the source of needs. They come in the source of wisdom. They come in the source of love. They come in the source of faith. They just, there's no end to what God can do in us. None that he can't change or transform or perfect our lives. 
And I'm just saying to you this morning, there's so many things that get in our way. Life. Period. There's another secret. This church is going to get so full, you're not going to have a place for anybody to sit. You know why? Because God's going to do it. The, devil, the Lord told me the other day, so I said to me about two weeks ago, the enemy's trying to take you out, dude. That was clear as day when he spoke it to me. The devil's trying to take you out. Forget it. Why should he be allowed to do that to me at all? I don't belong to him. So you know where I go? I go in my prayer closet. And I pray. You're not going to do this on your own. And if you want to grow, and you want more of your life, you want to see God do great things through you, I'm sorry. The only way you're going to get there is in the secret place. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.